This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. The transformative journey that women over 50 often experience is a journey of authentic self-expression, purpose, and legacy. It's a reckoning of sorts, a deep yearning for fulfillment and a need to listen to the internal whispers that are growing louder and more persistent as time refuses to stand still. Is this all there is? There is a knowing, an undeniable force that says there must be more to life. As Glennon Doyle says in Untamed, isn't life supposed to be more beautiful than this? Midlife is a time when existential questions naturally emerge, especially at 50 and beyond. One common gap between who and where we are now is that many of us don't know what we want, who we are outside of our roles, or how to begin to find out. This is particularly true for women, due to cultural norms and societal conditioning that have led us to over-identify with our roles and an erosion of self. The authentic no-ego self is the foundation for personal transformation. So this is where it all begins. There are some powerful tools to help us discover or recover our most authentic self. Creativity is essential. Without creativity, our deepest form of authentic self-expression remains just out of reach. Valeria interviews Susan Young. She is the founder of Triple Moon Coaching and is a passionate advocate for women over 50, specializing in helping them navigate their soul-led journeys with confidence and purpose. Drawing from her own experiences of personal transformation, Susan embarked on a path of coaching and discovered her deep connection to empowering others. With a background in art and design, Susan is passionate about the potent and vital role that creativity plays in self-actualization and personal transformation. She integrates right brain and other creative exercises into her coaching methodology as a window into our soul and our most authentic form of self-expression, allowing clients to access new solutions and heal along the way. Susan's mission is to help women rediscover their authentic selves, rewrite their life narratives, and create lives that are fulfilling, joyful, and without regret. With her compassionate and inclusive approach, she invites women to embrace their uniqueness and find their own paths to personal growth and fulfillment. Meet Susan at triplemooncoach.com. Here's the interview with Susan Young. In your own words, who is Susan Young? I am an empathetic, busy-brained, creative soul uh, with a sense of humor who is continually learning and evolving. Mm. Yes. Um, I love the idea of learning and evolving. Um, And then I can't help but ask the question about um, what is your understanding of evolution or what is your vision for it when it comes to yourself? Where do you want, where do you see yourself, let, let's say, at the end of your life? What would that look like? Yeah, for me, evolving is, you know, based in continually learning and being open-minded and kind of following the next step and 
um, just trying to reach my highest potential. Mm. Um, and for me, that's kind of been a journey uh, that started later in life of sort of deep self-reflection first. Right. And and some healing, you know, I kind of went from coping to healing and I'm feeling like I'm in a thriving phase right now. Yeah. And as I move through this, I find that I'm wanting to reach outward, you know, and part of that is mm. my mission with coaching, but also, you know, I'm on, I'm on somewhat of a spiritual journey. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just curious as to, to where that takes me and I'm open to, you know, um, following that path and, and seeing where that takes me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know there's more. Yes. So it is open, the idea you have. It's not established. It's not fixed. No, not at all. I really don't know what it'll look like. Mm, yeah, that's, um, that's a beautiful answer. I usually think myself, I think about, um, peace, um, being quiet enough, um, to just kind of be in the moment. So there's, there's, it always goes back to me to peace, not happiness, but peace. Yes. Um, just being quiet enough to listen to the, the real sounds of life. Uh, yes. I, ah. That resonates with me too. And I, and I, I also think of um, the, the quiet, the stillness and yeah. peace, and also just like um, noticing beauty. Mm, yes. Yes, Susan. Yes. And um, if I could, uh, yeah, if I can't be a bit, a bit ambitious, <laughs> it would be seeing beauty everywhere in everything. It's almost like the idea of seeing God everywhere in yeah. everything, um, which, which it is the truth to me. Um, that's a spiritual uh, concept or understanding. But it really feels like that. Uh, talk to me for a moment about this spiritual journey that you are you are on now. What does it feel like? Um, it it feels like um, an opening, sort of um, a little bit of a surrender. Yeah. Um, I, you know, did not grow up in a religious household. Yeah. Um, I think through some of the things that I went through, um, I kind of had a bit of a hard shell around that. There was also some sort of inherited family um, judgment around religion. Yes. Um, so I think I've, you know, for much of my life kind of held it at arm's length. Yes. And um, what really resonates with me is more, uh, you know, of a spirituality than in any organized religion mm, per yeah. se. Yeah. And I think for me to really kind of um, tap into that and really connect, I had to come to an understanding of it that makes sense for me. Right. Um, and for me, I think that the, what I've landed on in words that works for me is sort of a, a greater collective consciousness. Mm, yes. And what is, what is the, how would you describe that, the collective consciousness? I think it's um, um, I think it's warm. Yeah. I think it's it's warmth and love mm. and peace mm. and it's interconnected with everything. Like I think mm. one of the images I've had lately is sort of um, the, the the patterns that we see from earth underneath the earth in us and in nature Mm. kind of just expand up and that's what the greater collective consciousness is like specifically mycelium which is the kind of the you know millions of years old um i'm not a scientist so i probably butcher this explanation but it um it's in the it has to do with fungal family and all that if you see like the patterns of the mycelium Mm. um they're replicated all over the place including our brain right and i have heard about that yeah yeah, and i just sort of um see that just kind of going into infinity 
Yes, um, that's a beautiful understanding, though. Um, that, that's exactly what um, I feel is true. It's, a, it's a, a felt understanding that everything is interconnected. But it's not even that it's separate from uh, collective consciousness, as, as you call it. I would call it pure consciousness, but it's the mm-hmm. same thing, just using words. So it's not really that it's separate from, it's or that it's in everything, it's everything is in it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we, all this is happening in consciousness, pure mm-hmm. consciousness, which is interesting to um, kind of reflect upon. So everything is infused with this energy, essence, this fundamental truth or mm-hmm. substance. Like, yes. Yeah, that's how I feel too, Susan. Um, and that's I from, am- it is from a different kind of... Uh, Philosophical perspective, Vedanta, that's I'm a student of Advaita Vedanta, mm-hmm. but it's a non-duality kind of, it's, it is a religion uh, from India, but it's not really, it's not a religion for me. It's still based very much in on science. It's, it's almost like the science of spirituality when I think of Vedanta. But how did you come across this understanding yourself? Um. That's an interesting question. Um, I, I think I kind of came to it from what um, what didn't resonate with me. Yes, yes. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just kind of yeah. considering some mm-hmm. terms I hear all the time. And I just and I thought, you know, that just there's something that doesn't yeah. resonate with me about it. And what is that? What could it be instead? And, you know, um, that's, I think I just sort of kind of backed into that. Right. Um, and it just, uh, I don't know, it just made sense. And, mm. and honestly, there, there, there was some input, um, I think, from a, um, a documentary I saw on um, after-death experiences. Yeah, yeah. And that just kind of, you know, I don't know, it just kind of plugged some things together for me. And, and, and I was able to relate to my spirituality in a way that I hadn't been to before, yes. been able to before. Yeah, sounds very intuitive and natural to me, the way you mm-hmm. came across this. Um, a question that came, yes, I know I mentioned the word God before. Do you also use the word God or you try not to because of all the baggage? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it actually, you know, I, I, that, that is a word that, that I don't resonate with. Right. Huh? Um, and I, you know, totally respect and force everybody, you know, so many right. people. Um, use that word, and and often you hear it in you know someone says the word God, and then however you may interpret that, you know, source or anything like that. But mm. um, so it's you know obviously however anyone interprets it. But I, for me, I can't get away from the connotation of um, like an entity. Yes, separate like, from us. Yeah, right. Separate from us and some sort of yeah. being. Mm. And, you know, yeah. especially the gender, so many times I hear ah, the he. So true. And then sometimes yeah. people say, well, I call God a she. And I just don't picture it as a mm-hmm. something yeah. that's gender, that right. it would have a gender. Right. It's, it's kind of like um, mm-hmm. just for me that just I just didn't it. You know, it just didn't sync with the with the way I'm understanding it, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. So, yeah, you're very intuitive. Yeah, the same thing with me, although I grew up with the the Catholic religion Mm -hmm. and all that, but then very quickly um, I kind of went away from it and then I started exploring different philosophies because it seems like, it seems like my path has been of understanding and, let's say, guiding principles for life has been always uh, philosophical or spiritual so I don't really, I never really went to science to find answers. But I do see that um, scientists and spiritual seekers, they have this, they have one thing in common, which is the foundation, the main thing, which is uh, truth. They are trying to find the truth. 
So yes. that kind of really always resonates with me when I think about scientists, when I talk to them. They always look sincerely trying to find the truth. And that's what spiritual seekers are all about. Uh, yes, the word God. I, uh, I think one of the things that I tried, one of my practices is to be open to everything in mm -hmm. a sense of embracing whatever is happening, accepting, not in, this, not in the sense of liking. Um, I could dislike whatever it is, uh, but it's still, there's something about um, love that, that aligns with that, uh, this idea of openness, of, that embraces everything. It doesn't leave anything out. That, that to me is love. So I guess that's one of my practices, and that's why I kind of stopped using the word God for the same reason you did. Or maybe you never used, but I used to, but then I stopped and, and it created a lot of resistance. And now I'm back and using it. And, and it feels really good. It feels like any other word, really. Um, yeah. So you kind of reclaimed it as your own. Yes. You know, set it down and picked it back up again. I like yeah. that. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a good way of saying that. Um, so the topic, I know it seems like we are going away from the topic, but I think everything um, it's connected. So there's nothing that's separate anyway. Mm -hmm. So, but the topic that uh, we are discussing today, the title is Embracing the Reckoning, Unleashing the Power of Women Over 50. So when I, when I read the title, um, the word power caught my attention immediately. So how do you define power these days, Susan? Um, well, this is also a word that has a lot of... Yes, uh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, has a lot of um, <laughs> negative connotation and yes. context. So I think uh -huh. in, in the context of my work and with women over 50, um, it's kind of more in an, an empowerment yes. sense. Um, I think that um, many women, particularly over 50, you know, in our 50s and 60s, um, underestimate what we're capable of. Mm, yes. And um, yeah. just, uh, you know, have played small yeah. um, for parts of our life or maybe all of our lives. And so I think, you know, there's an element of working through these roadblocks and recognizing what's really important to you without other influences and, and what, what's, you know, what you want to do yeah. with your life and, and, and know that, and just have a much more expansive view of what that could be. Mm, yes. um, yeah. So that's kind of how I use it in that sense. Yes. I love that. Uh, that's a, a beautiful a vision and, and definition for power. And I agree. Uh, there's something you said that caught my attention too, that you write about women feeling, ah, uh, it's not about the archetypes, that you have your own experience. You talked about your own experience with it. And I think it was about, um, as women, I think you said, as women, our connection to self is also under the undermined by patriarchy and the deeply ingrained conditioning from birth that we are here to serve. Yes. So it is expected that we put others before ourselves. In our culture, a selfless woman is on par with a saint, selfless without self. So in my opinion, this is a tragedy, you say. So talk to me about your own experience with this mentality, with this way of, of living, unfortunately, through conditioning? Yeah, this is, uh, this is such a big topic. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, with my own uh, story, it's, it's beyond, you know, there's, there's, everybody has their own personal story, and then there's the greater context of this yeah. patriarchal system we yeah. we um, live in. And so I had some experiences starting in childhood um, that um, kind of, uh, I had to sort of set myself down away and kind of um, try to behave and act and do as to, to, to please, yes. you know, a parent. Right. Yes. So yeah. 
you know, you'll, you will, all children will set aside who they really are Mm. for the sake of attachment. And, um, so I kind of grew up in that sense. And then that, uh, led me to, uh, an abusive relationship with a narcissist where, you know, that's just any sense of self is just purely obliterated. And then, and then there's often like dissociation in my case where I just kind of just left my body and really wasn't connected to myself at all. And, you know, so it, so it took many years and then, and then I sort of just continued the pattern in a totally, um, you know, not as a severe way, but it's basically still was very people pleasing. Yes. And so, um, you know, I was 49 really before I began to reassess my life and just think, what am I doing? You know, who am I? And sort of answering those questions. And um, for me, the first thing I actually had to do was reassess my relationship with alcohol. Uh-huh. And so um, I did do that and started therapy at the same time. And and, and nothing could really happen until I be, stopped drinking. So I did that. And that was kind of the first step of a, a deep unraveling um, of, you know, reassessing every aspect of my life. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was, you know, back to the, to the system, we're all raised, you know, we are applauded for doing it all and, yeah. um, you know, putting ourselves absolute last. And so, you know, when we're applauded for putting everyone else before ourselves and being selfless, then, you know, I think we, mm. we lower the value of ourselves, Yeah. you know, maybe not consciously, but we, you know, we may feel we're not that important um, and that we don't deserve to be seen and heard. Um, mm. So, yeah, there's just, there's, just a lot in the in this. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, first, I want to say I'm sorry for what you went through. It really saddens me. And it has been my own experience, of course. So it's mm-hmm. coming from that resonance. Like I'm almost like feeling my own old, uh, the old self that was suffering, um, having a lot of challenge, going through these challenges as well. And I still do. So uh, with the people pleasing, I guess, uh, in my case, setting boundaries. And mm-hmm. I wonder if this ever goes away because I think I'm, I got much better. Um, so would you say that this is still, this is our own inner work? It's up to us to change our entire culture, each one of us women, or um, the system has to change? Yeah, how do you see this, um, this evolution per se? Yeah, that's, um, that's a great question. And I actually really believe that for every woman that can, as, as, you know, we said earlier, sort of step up into their power and, um, Mm -hmm. prioritize themselves without guilt and authentically express themselves without apology and, you know, just, you know, discover what they're really passionate about, what's most important to them, um, and create a future that's, um, purpose-driven. Um, every woman that can, can that do that and, um, go, you know, go into their fullest expression and live up to their highest potential, I think has a collective impact for all women. Mm -hmm. Because every time a woman does that, yeah. It, they step out of the patriarchal system mm, that wants true. us to keep small, that wants us to continue to put ourselves last and to not really think about it. Right. Um, and so, yeah, for every woman, I think there, there, it's, it's an act of resistance in and of itself. Right. It's so true. Um, yeah, that's, I agree that this is the way to really change something, changing ourselves and then becoming this impact in a sense of inspiration. Um, when you say the patriarchy, uh, we are not talking about all men, right, no, Susan? Because they are, yeah, I interview a lot of men here and there. <laughs> They're very different. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I want to be sensitive to that. I think, you know, you say a 
I say a patriarchal system and, you know, maybe someone would interpret that as some sort of man hater, but that's, yes, yeah. you know, not at all. And there are many, um, there are many wham- men fighting to change the system, mm, um, you know, yes. recognizing the damage yes. that it does. Um, right. But the fact still remains that we really do. It is a system. It's been in place for thousands of years. I mean, it's, yeah. it's going to take a long time to, um, you know, un- undo it. And, and it's not to say that, um, that the goal is a matriarchy, mm, you know, yes. it, it's kind yeah. of, a um, ah. finding that balance. Um, yes. Yeah. And what would we call that balance? <laughs> what would be the name for it? <laughs> no, not patriarchy, not matriarchy. What would that be called? Do you have any yeah, idea? I don't know. Uh, um, <laughs> um, does anything I don't know. Uh, come to no, mind? I'd have to, I'd have to think about that. Uh, I, the, the first thing I went to was trying to think, well, how would that, if, if you know, if, if we all kind of lived up to our highest potential, mm. how would that connect to like this idea we were talking about of the collective, you know, the pure consciousness? Yes. Um, because I think for, uh. for anyone to reach their highest potential and really um, reach their highest potential, they have to do a lot of inner work. Yes. Right. They have to sure. do shadow work. They have to really understand yeah. who they are deeply mm. and set boundaries. And mm. there's so much healing that has to, to happen and, and yeah. thriving for someone to get to that place. Yes. And if we all got to that place, our world would be completely different. Yes, in absolutely would. Uh, I, I, mean, I can't help but think that way because, well, I, I think more in spiritual terms when, when I hear the word the highest the term, the highest mm-hmm. potential. So I think about going deeper, as you said, into what we are, not even who we are, but what first, mm-hmm. and then get into that realization that everything is connected, that there's no separation between, and essentially there's no separation. That's the only, the ground that holds this reality together is one, it's infused in everything. Uh, or even going deeper than that, um, that that essence is, it underlies everything. So everything is in it. So I think once we get to that understanding, then it's, um, and then becomes a practice, then healing automatically happens because then we relate to our own selves, body, mind, complex differently in a sense of self-love, self-respect, self-trust. And then we tend to do this with others too because that's the place we are coming from. So if yeah. I really feel that, uh, Susan. I think we are talking about the same thing uh, when you say the highest potential. It might not only be in a sense of talents of, in your case, art, exploring creativity or feeling more joyful by, I don't know, by just um, doing the things from the heart, as I say, like doing this, this podcast, hosting, doing what I do, this is something that I would call, um, uh, let's say, uh, living from the heart. It's almost like the body-mind uh, in alignment with the, the truth that everything is connected. So I do uh, things that benefit myself, body-mind, and others. So that's my, uh, let's say, my understanding when it comes to doing. The being, it's always here. It never left us. It will never leave us. But the doing, uh, it's the alignment with that that I think it's very interesting. So am I, are we speaking about the same thing when it comes to high, the highest potential concept? Yes, I, d- I definitely think so. I don't, I don't mean like, you know, reaching a pinnacle of a career or anything like right. that. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. More like... You know, yeah. identifying the the one thing mm-hmm. or several things that, you know, you were here to do, you know, and 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 finding that spark and that passion and um, and following that for the greatest good of all, yes. right? So how can you follow yes. that passion? You know, how can you make the greatest contribution mm-hmm. to? the world Mm. and the 
collective consciousness and, um, you know, just finding that, that, that purpose and following it and just to the, to the greatest extent it's possible. Mm, Yes. So we are speaking about the same thing. Um, The only uh, interesting thing that you said that it's kind of a question comes to mind immediately is what we are here to do. So does it sounds a bit like you're talking about um, purpose, a sense of purpose or destiny mm-hmm. or some sort of soul, uh, some people call um, soul alignment kind of mm-hmm. type of living. So what, what do you mean when you say um, what we are here to do? Um, yeah, and I do, I, I really resonate with the soul alignment. I use that a yeah. lot in yeah. what I um, like to support and guide women yes. through to kind of discover that. Um, but yeah, I mean, sort of a, a, a life's purpose. I feel yeah. for just using my life as an example, I feel like finding this holistic coaching path yeah. is yeah. Yeah. it for me. It's right. my way of um, giving back and, and reaching out to other humans and just uh having a you know impact with other people and for everybody that that you know gets to that place it's not just them either there's a ripple effect in their Mm -hmm. entire life so it's kind of exponential and for me I feel like uh I wouldn't be who I am today without everything that I've gone through Mm -hmm. so I really wouldn't take any of it back um, you know, it's all led to who I am and that, that's all led to the work I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I, I feel that that this is what I'm meant to do. And, and um, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> there's a feeling of acceptance too, doesn't it? Embracing what has happened in a case of... Um, uh, traumas or the way we have been brought up it's my case um, but there's something about I hear that a lot for some reason uh, with life coaches and uh, psychologists even therapists and lots of spiritual teachers tons of people they say that a lot um, and then it, it resonated for a while I guess I was just agreeing perhaps without going deeper into it but now it doesn't the idea that we've been through uh, that I went through a lot of traumas and then hardships as a child, violence and all that. I would not want to go through that again. And I know I can't do anything about it, obviously, so I accept it and I healed myself. Well, I'm still healing from it mm-hmm. in that sense of just embracing even what it has remained uh, as scars in the body-mind. But there is something that tells me that it doesn't make me feel grateful for it. Um I'm not grateful for all the the hardships I went through without knowing, without knowing that, uh, you know, the law of karma says that we have chosen, you know, to go through all these things. I mean, some some people believe that the, the soul chose um, this lifetime and the challenges, specific challenges to go through in order to learn. And then there's the law of karma that says that because we did all the, whatever we did in the past, they were not so nice. Now this is the time to pay back as a payback type of thing. Um, not in a bad way because everybody, it applies to everyone. But it doesn't resonate with me anymore, I guess because um, I would say that everything that happened, all the violence and all the darkness uh, that still happens, it's because of ignorance. So, mm-hmm. okay, I didn't know. So I don't want to continue not knowing. <laughs> so I continue to suffer for the rest of this life and then who knows the next ones. So to me, it's a calling for knowledge and specifically spiritual knowledge. So I would like—I just want to make this comment, Susan, um, and because you mentioned that and that for mm-hmm. some reason it's not resonating anymore. And uh, I wonder why, uh, but I, ask, I usually don't ask those questions because mm-hmm. to myself because the heart opens when I say, you know, I want to know now. I want to know the truth of of this reality, of what this this is, which we call life. So that really um, resonates so true that it 
everything else, it's it's okay not to push away, but not to kind of gravitate uh, towards it, like the the concept of being grateful for the hardships. Yeah, I I would definitely not say I'm grateful for yes, the hardships. Right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I guess it's just more of um, an acceptance that it all happened, yes. and it's it's made me who I am. Um, and so, you know, and like you said, I think there's a big element too of just of just acceptance and and letting it go mm. and yeah. um, accepting that we don't have control and now focusing more on mm. um, awareness yes. of everything. Um, yes. And, you know, I, I, yeah. I think that um, it's kind of a pattern I've noticed lately actually where when I think um, – there's a problem or I'm just feeling uncomfortable in something. Yeah. Um, I, I, it feels like this big mystery in my head that I have to solve. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm just amazed that really all I have to do is just let it go mm. or just shift a mindset. And it's yeah. so much simpler than, than I, you know, try to make it when, when I'm trying to think, think harder about it. Yes, right. Yes, the surrender. I think you mentioned that uh, in the mm-hmm. very beginning when we talked about who are you, or before, or before record. I'm not sure that word. Uh, there's something about surrender. Yeah, letting go. Um, that's, I don't know, has that flavor of peace. It's very light. Um, so, talk to me about um, uh, the uh, Triple Moon Coaching. That's the company that you founded. Mm-hmm. And again, you are a holistic life coach. I love the name, Triple Moon Coaching. What was the inspiration for, for the name, Susan? Um, yeah, so I wanted to have a name that was intrinsically feminine yeah. because I mainly work with women over 50. So I wanted it to somehow imply the, the, the um, femininity yeah. and also to tie in the holistic nature that that you know I my methodology includes sort of a mind body spirit approach yeah. and so um, I just I, I researched I looked up all sorts of um, you know plants and animals and trees and mm. symbols and um, I came across the triple moon symbol which is like a full moon or in the center by um, bracketed by two crescents each facing out yeah and um when i read the the symbolism behind it i just i knew that was it and so it's it represents um or they correlate to the three significant stages of a woman's life uh, the, the maiden the mother and the crone or sometimes known as matriarch which yeah. i like a little better yeah um and the community that I work with is in transition and embodies the latter two phases simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, 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 each of the phases represents a part of our life. And so the archetype of the mother represents creative energy and abundance, while the matriarch represents wisdom, self-knowing, mm-hmm. and intuition. And she, the matriarch, serves as a, a compassionate mentor to our previous selves yeah. and guides transition and transformation, which really resonates with me, too, because I do a lot of work with my previous selves. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's there's a lot of controversy and um, about the the origins of this um, and how they're used in different ways today. But for me, I just, I use it as a symbol, symbol to honor the divine feminine yeah. and our connection to the lunar cycles and the endless cycle of birth, life and rebirth. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I've read that and I was, it kind of pauses me these um, archetypes because um, there's something about the divine feminine or even the, the idea uh, of the feminine in general uh, to be 
that is a kind, loving, open, receptive, that resonates with that um, the highest potential when I think spiritually, which mm-hmm. is exactly that. So, like, how interesting is that? Um, that even I know, even monks, when I look at them, I know a lot of them are men. Mm-hmm. They are very feminine in so many ways. Um, the way they express themselves, you know, they're so gentle um, and kind, the way they approach life in their own speech and the way they relate to others in life itself. So um, it's very, it's fascinating to um, notice that this connection between the feminine and spiritual, high spiritual knowledges in the sense of knowing, getting to really understand the essence of, of what we are. And then the expressions of that throughout um, uh, throughout the spiritual community and and philosophies. I know it's it's kind of sad to say again. It's mostly represented by men, and I don't know why that is. And I have heard about Buddhism. I used to be uh, very much a student of Zen Buddhism and then Tibetan Buddhism, and then mm-hmm. I found out that even Buddha was um, somebody who rejected the idea of women being becoming nuns, Buddhist nuns and all. He really didn't want that. So even back then in the spiritual communities, that was already happening. Um, yeah, that, that pauses me. For, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a sad reflection, but it's, it's true. One that has been happening for so long. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of history in that and, and the church as well. And, yeah, and, you yes. know, yes. Uh, men and church and power way back when of the, they were the literate ones and yeah, um, yeah. So it's almost like they held the the rights to deliver wisdom or the highest wisdom, mm-hmm. not women. But I know I have heard that it it was different. There was a time that um, females, women, uh, they were leaders, uh, the leaders of of communities. They were highly respected. Um, I don't remember. I have talked. I talked to a lot of people here about this, and I forgot. They're, of course, they are. They have names for the, those times, like the. Um, you probably have heard about Atlantis, Atlantic, or Atlantis, and mm-hmm. also there's another one called that. I I just interviewed Walter recently. He's a spiritual teacher from Germany, and he talked to me about that. Uh, I can't remember the name. Oh, I can't remember. So have you heard about that before, Susan, about some uh, human in human history that we had civilizations that were led by women? Um, I, yes. Um, and I'm not sure if it's exactly the same thing, but I am reading a book. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's called On Our Best Behavior, mm-hmm. the, the Seven Deadly Sins and the Price Women Pay to Be Good. It's by Elise Lunin. Oh, and... She takes each of the deadly sins and dives into them in depth and kind of looks at the historical origins of how these sins relate to women. And the first part of the book um, has some really um, complex history into the patriarchy and kind of before the patriarchy. And I'm going to completely butcher this because I'm just saying off the top of my head, but in, in, in lay speak, the one thing that really stood out to me was that, um, long ago, uh, women were, worked in communities. They were, they, you know, it literally like, you know, it takes a village to, Mm. to raise a child. And that's what happened. You know, everybody, women supported women. It was, um, uh, you know, a community and nobody was by themselves. And it was very um, powerful. And that's the way that women work together, I think, so well. Um, And I don't know exactly what happened. I don't remember this part. But the women were isolated. They were pulled apart out, Mm. out, out of these types of communities where they could support each other. And that's really kind of when the patriarchy began. We didn't have that support anymore. Right. And we were then 
in this situation where we're by nature never meant to be in uh-huh. isolated and yeah. um, just trying to do everything on your own. Mm, yes. Uh, um, gosh. Yeah. I, I heard about that. Yeah. Of course, this, the civilization, I forgot the name. I, I can't remember, but yes, it might be, we are talking about the same thing, I would say. Um, so, now we see that happening. So women have adopted the patriarchy kind of mentality and they have done exactly that. Um, and we still see today so many women yeah. who are, because I interview a lot of, uh, I think they, they are feminists, but they are also <clears throat> women empowerment and they have so much knowledge about, and it's not just intellectual knowledge, it's applied knowledge. I see the way they have taught me so much to collaborate, to be, uh, let's say, to come together, you know, with other women. I have, because I have them in my community with the podcast and all, and we will still work together. And I just, I'm so incredibly grateful by the way they teach, because they are probably 20 years older than I am. Mm-hmm. And they they found me from the very beginning when I started the podcast, 2019, and I remember talking to them already, and they already teaching me how to treat other women, how to see them in a different light, in a way that was not preachy. They are not trying to. It was just the most beautiful thing. I, I have. I'm still in contact with them, but it's never like the conversation that we have. It's never about ah, let's act this way. It's almost like putting this new, I don't know, political party together <laughs> to be against the system or whatever. It's not like that. It's just so natural, so fluid that that shows me true wisdom. That's how I, I have become more, uh, let's say, the body-mind complex in that sense because I do believe that the spiritual part where I know it's, um, it's everything, so it's not female or male. But um, the body-mind, it's really... Um, uh, it resonates so much that does what they they have taught me without any resistance. Uh, yeah. I learned to see women, even patriarch, uh, uh, women who act like men a lot of times, even them, um, I'm very, it, I would say more brain, like the more brain than heart, <laughs> uh, kind of, they, they have less connection with the heart and more with the brain. That's, that's how I see it anyway. But yeah, you want to, I would love to hear from you. Have you had other women um, around you like that? Yes. I mean, I think um, one of the things that I've noticed as I've moved into thriving and is that I really crave authentic, meaningful conversations, yes. such as the ones that you have all the time on your podcast. Yes, yeah. And so I've just... Um, you know, over the last few years, really developed some deep friendships of mm-hmm. all different ages. Yeah. Um, you know, people that are 15 years older than me and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, have so much wisdom and just, yeah. it's just such a new thing for me to, to experience so much support from other women. And yeah. I feel like, you know, yeah. like this, like the history we were talking about, yeah. um, it's just natural for us. And I think there's so much power in that. Right. And, you know, uh, uh, Unfortunately, many, many of us have internalized Mm. the patriarchy and part of that shows up in criticizing other women. You know, women are just put down other women and that that is not serving us in any way. And um, um, what was I going to say? Sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, Um, that's unfortunate um, to to hear that still happening. Um, yeah, what do you do in that case? And hopefully you don't, I mean, I don't know, it, it, it could happen. I know it, it happened. Uh, in my case, it's still my family member. I do have some women who criticize each other. Mm-hmm. And I usually don't say anything. I ask them to change the subject or ask them not to, in a kind way. I really love the idea that we can be truthful and kind at the same time. We can teach that way. Right, yeah. Susan, without imposing or being aggressive in any way when we don't like something. Yeah, that that makes me think of sort of a, about a, a definition of boundaries. Ah, I think ah, that when someone yeah. can really yeah. um, state yeah. boundaries in a clear way, it's like the person 
if someone's not being treated well, um, you know, the person that's not being treated well can lay down their boundaries in, in a kind way. Yes. Um, yeah. that with just direct, clear communication, expressing what, what, you know, what they will or will not do. Yes. Or accept. Um, yeah. Um, there is something else that I want to, um, um, talk to you about before I forget. We're almost at the end and sometimes I could just go forever because I love this conversation so much. I, I lose track of time. So there's something else I want to talk to you about. Um, yes, something that you said that also resonated. You said uh, the authentic no ego self is the foundation for personal transformation. So this is where it all begins. That's really um, beautiful and very much needed. But then we have to go back and kind of define, uh, understand what uh, the authentic no ego self is. So I would love for you to elaborate on that, Susan. Yeah, I think that um, for us to really understand our, our vision for the future and what we're really passionate about um, and make plans that are intentional um, and aligned. We, we really can't do any of that until we really know who we are. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, kind of goes full circle to other parts of the conversation where, yeah. um, you know, many women are just on a hamster wheel and have been running for so long that, um, you know, all these years have passed and we haven't stopped to, to think, what's changed, if anything, um, you know, if, if, if they ever were really that connected, I know in my case I wasn't. Um, yeah. so it's, it's really an important place to start. And, um, this is where I like to incorporate some creativity. Um, yes. yeah. And that can kind of come in many different forms and it's not, it's not forced arts and crafts type thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's, right. <laughs> right. It's um, you know, just kind of trying to tap into mm. the right brain, uh, which mm. allows yeah. us to kind of get out from like overthinking and trying to solve a problem and figure out your future just from thinking. Yeah. Um, and there's a number of exercises that one can do to kind of tap into the right brain and kind of, and, and when the two hemispheres are working together, it allows it new pathways to kind of open up and for people to come to new, new solutions. Yeah. Um, and you know, I like to consider how people process information and what they resonate with. Like, for example, if someone really likes to write, maybe this would be a journaling exercise yeah. with some prompts and free writing, you know, no punctuation, no stopping. Mm. Um, kind of like Julie Cameron talks about in her artist's way book. Yes. I have the book. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that book. Yeah. Me too. And, um, or image prompts, you know, there could be a series of images on a slide and you ask a question, very open-ended question and select an image and then talk about why. And, you know, have some follow-up questions on that. Um, or maybe it's intuitive art again with the prompt that, um, you know, when you're not, you're not trying to create anything that is supposed to look like anything. It's just, just intuitive. Um, or even, you know, if some people just like to do things and an experiential yeah. creative experiment, um, yeah. you know, like activity out, out in the town, you know, it's all very right. dependent on the individual and kind of, again, how they like to process information and what they're trying to do. Right. And everyone can do that. this. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's for everyone. Yes. I mean, I think a lot of people are very quick to say I'm not creative. Yeah, yeah. And, right. um, you know, the fact is that we are creative, all of us as humans. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think people think if they think that they can't draw, um, that therefore not creative. Right. Um, it's unfortunate right. how many people actually uh -huh. have shut down their that part of the art because Mrs. Bueller told them in the second grade that their tree was wrong, yeah, you know, um, right. but so right. everybody is creative. And, and also I think people also associate that with 
art specifically, and this can be gardening. It could be mm. planning an event. It can be mm. cooking. Yes. It can be, you know, it just means you create something. Right. That was it, not there before. Right. That was not there before. And you, yeah. the idea was in your head and you, you took ideas from your head and you materialized them. You created something. Yes. Uh, there's so much beauty in that. Uh, in the process, I'm not even speaking of the outcome, the process of creating something. It's beautiful to me. It really feels that way. Um, talk to me for a moment before I ask you my ending questions about embodiment and somatic work, Susan. That's another tool. Yeah. I, um, in, the, in the process of doing some deep discovery work and kind of you know, like, like those creative exercises, yeah. Another method is to really just pay attention to the body um, and um, just really do a body scan, pay attention to where there might be tension or um, pain or tightness um, and, and when that shows up, like what that, what that context is, you know, is there a, is there something that you, think about that that brings on this bodily sensation you know is there something that um maybe makes you a little anxious and you're not really registering that you're anxious about it but if you are paying attention if you can be still and pay attention to your body and maybe notice that your throat is tight um then you can kind of follow that backwards and, and say well you know when did that start i didn't feel this five minutes ago um where did where did that start? And so we can use that in in this whole process of self discovery and vision planning and and all of that. Yeah, that sounds wonderful and reminds me of the it might be the same thing body awareness or grounding work. It mm-hmm. Sounds similar. So um, I do have the ending questions here for you, but before that, I would like to mention the the services, the programs that I saw on your website. Uh, you called them Midlife Revolution is one, Vision for a New You, and then Back to Basics, Who Am I? Question mm-hmm. mark. So these are the services. Is there anything else, Susan, that you left unsaid for today's conversation? Anything that I forgot to ask? Um, I do. I would just add to that that um, the other thing I'm now offering is a is a 90 minute um, reassessment as a place to start to just um, just do a a deep dive intensive in 90 minutes and kind of maybe identify the areas of of your life where you might um, benefit from from addressing and, and somatics could play a part in this too, because some of the clues that you might need to reassess something in your life are places or instances where you noticed resentment or dread or, um, you know, things of that nature. Um, so it's kind of an opportunity to just, uh, do a quick overall reassessment, maybe identify some areas that you want to explore and further and kind of go into them, uh, on a high level. And um, so that's that will be available on my website shortly. And I'm just okay. going to have that there all the time as a as a um, as an offer that's just always available and on my site. Yes, wonderful. And your website is triplemooncoach.com. I'll right. have the link on your podcasting interview as well. Um, the ending questions. Let me see. Yeah, I'll ask you this one. Uh, what is success to you these days? How do you define success? Hmm. I would say success to me now is being completely 100% okay with where I am. Mm, yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, wow. What's not to love about that? <laughs> it's being, yes, uh, feeling that I am enough. This is enough fulfilled here now. Right. Ah, wow. That's the goal. I mean, if there was a goal for this existence here, it's a body, mind, that would be it. Uh, what a wonderful answer. 
And then uh, my last question is, what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die, besides this one? <laughs> hmm. Um, I would say to, to be loved and to love unconditionally. Yeah. yeah. Um, to be seen and heard for exactly who you are mm, yeah. uh, and embraced for that. Yeah. Um, and to have the experience of full, authentic self-expression. Yes. Wow. Thank you so much, Susan, for your presence here today, for the beautiful work you're doing in this reality for the beautiful message, profound messages, and for being you too, for being open to life. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on and, and talking to, to me about this. I really appreciate it. Oh my God, it felt so peaceful, the entire conversation. So before we say goodbye, again, where's the best place to find more information about you and your services? Would that be the website or any other place? Social media. Uh, yeah, probably the best place where everything is, is the triplemooncoach.com. I'm also yeah. on LinkedIn. Um, but uh, with the, and there's some links in the featured, but yeah, I'd, I'd say the website is probably the best place. Okay. to. So I'll, ha I'll have that link then. Thank you so much again, Susan. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now, my dear. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Susan Young and her work, please visit triplemooncoach.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.